God fucking damn it, Denard. I knew this fucking Katawa show who thing was my idea, but it was your fucking fault. Do you know what kind of week it's been? I'm a fucking mess. I spent the last two days before I went back to work playing through the other routes. I wrote a Facebook post about what this game does to my heart and then deleted it because I sounded like a cartoon. I spent a half hour explaining to Morgan through tears why Rin's second hate scene was one of the most romantic things I've ever seen. I wrote a fan fiction. A fan fiction, Denard. Morgan doesn't know. Fuck you for this. I said a few episodes back we weren't doing a Kagi episode. <laughs> fuck that too. It's happening. Uh, oh, fucking wonderful. I looked up how to make ribs. And did you know do you know how to make ribs now, Denard? I do know how to make ribs. I'm so glad that you've used your time wisely. There's no printout of my new We only ribs. get so much on this earth. <laughs> We have to do smart things with it. <laughs> There's no printout of my uh, shiny new ribs recipe next to... I don't know what kind of... I was going to say post-ironic, but I guess I should say completely unironic, pre-ironic waifu shrine that must now dominate some quarter of your room. Like, this... You are essentially a Karen in 1995, and Titanic has just rocked your fucking world. <laughs> It's not a physical temple, but it is certainly present, and I can see it, and Morgan can kind of see it. Does Rin and draw it's... you at any point in this narrative, and do you ask her to, like one of your French girls? So, um, the answers to these questions are yes and no. Um, yes, she does draw you. You're in an art club. It's an art club assignment. You're you're supposed to draw one another. Uh, your drawing of her sucks ass. Hers Brutal. is very good, but you notice that you look very sad, and you ask her why she drew you this way, and she's just like, because you've never fucking smiled. <laughs> I, I made it sound like kind of funny just now, but it's a kind of very deeply sad scene. Dude, the, the, tragedy whole fucking and rude comedy are a fucking tag team. I read, That's, uh, yeah. I read this story by like this mysterious up-and-coming sci-fi author in Clark's mm -hmm. World this month called uh, Own Goal. I think his name is Bernard Bale. <laughs> I too read this issue of Clark's World There are basically Three versions of that story That I was sort of stuck between Oh One of them took the whole thing as way more Of A jerk show cartoon Of getting their own fucking colony blown up mm -hmm. And one of them Is basically the Nami Da toad from the end Of Iron Blood <laughs> Orbits Stretched out through the, the length of the piece. I decided to moderate my impulses because both I'll find some sort of synthesis. Yeah, because both seemed kind of swingy and maybe didn't have the versimilitude I wanted. Synthesis is good. Usually you could find something there. Something that reminded me of a, a point you were making at one point. I think this was during the best of episodes, which are actually our highest pre-advertising rated episodes, so good job there, but uh, Listicles uh, listicles sell. Listicles. Do I mean, it's a, it's a uh, listed show, but hey. Yeah, cracked, cracked, punched ahead of its weight for a long time on that shit. And you were talking a bit about how um, you consider Avatar anime, and that is a wonderful way to start flame wars. And that flame war has returned to the world. You got to be part of the fucking vanguard. I uh, again, I'm going to credit Jeff Thu with changing my mind on this one. Shout out to Mother's Basement, very nice channel. Um, he's way too forgiving of Isekai, but I'll I'll forgive him for being too forgiving. 
Um, the um, when it comes to that argument, I think I'm more sympathetic to your half, which was some kind of mealy-mouthed Joe Biden way of saying I agree with you. My <laughs> angle on it is a little more terse in that, I don't know, they only made Westerns in America at first of, with American fucking preoccupation and then history and figures and what have you. If you want to cut the spaghetti Westerns out of that conversation, then have fun, I guess. Mm. The more sort of, I guess, you could say macro version of that argument is that, like, a movement can begin in one place and not necessarily stay contained to that place. Oh, man, um, I wonder how many people will fucking jump ship next week if we just throw in some U.S. Netflix productions on this mother. Are there any? Like, I'm sure there are. I don't watch... We might Honestly, have to... Netflix is just not my fucking viewing platform of choice these days. If I have... A favorite, it's either, you know, like just Crunchyroll or Hulu. Um, what a strange way anything, of but... pronouncing piracy. <laughs> oh, or, 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 are we keeping kayfabe on that one? Is that... We're keeping kayfabe on that, or we're trying to at least. I'm trying to. Sorry, when I said piracy, what I meant was <laughs> legally watching Netflix while seizing British ships. It's fine, it's fine. Simulcast or something. I know what a simulcast is. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I'm pretty sure that Kaguya-sama is is on Hulu or something. I I I believe it is. Oh man, I was really taking on this oil tanker while watching this show. <laughs> Speaking of oil tankers, there's a lot of uh, black matter that's been spilled about Kaguya-sama already. Although I running in the circles that I do on. Uh, on the Weebosphere, right? I think most of this, uh, most of this ink has been, um, related to fights over who best girl is, and I cannot think of a more plebeian fucking argument than that. Um, so, we're gonna talk about literally everything fucking else. I can't enter one of those conversations about best girl in blank, or best boy, or whatever, without suddenly being reminded of the limited time I have before I die. Unless and, you know, good on you. And uh, maybe it's easier if you have faith in, like, an afterlife or reincarnation. I wonder if those people are living happier lives than we are, just the people who can who can just point and say, this, this one is best, girl, and I will fight anyone who says anything to the contrary. And they're like, yeah, when I get that flashback of my life until the end, I'm gonna say... That's fine. I might come back as, like, a diplomat or some shit next time. Then I'll put in some fucking work. <laughs> um, Is my thought on it. Um, I don't know if I can even call this one a review as much of a discussion since the the jury's kind of out on this one. It's fucking funny. Is, is it, it, it's good. Is it back? Once I more. thought the jury's back. Oh, the jury's back? Okay, whatever. The-, the jury's back on this one. Yes, it's fantastic. It's one of the best anime comedies of the last ten years. That's uh, That much I do not think is in question. I'm hoping that I can provide, you know, you know some amount of insight that someone else has not sort of given uh, yet. Uh, I'm hoping that I do not disappoint in this regard. Uh, but mostly, if you, uh, if you liked this show, too, and you just want to hear someone agree with you for an hour, then, uh, well... You know, just, uh... Yeah, we are here to agree here with you. We Welcome are. to one weeaboo news, bitches. Um, I'm about to feed you some fucking reactionary hay. 
And as for so, my overall level of insight in this episode, I don't know. I'm pretty oh, well good. hedged in a uh, fucking deep water of punchlines, so I think I'm fine anyway. Yeah. So something that I really appreciated more this fucking round, by the way, it's present in the first season, but uh, I don't know. They they varied the reference pool a bit in this one. It's just every time they use action, adventure, animation, tropes, or iconography, or fucking language to, like, emphasize or <laughs> prop up a gag, it really just works very well on this show. A lot of the time, it seems like there aren't a whole lot of um, anime directors that are also complete fucking film nerds the way that the director of the Kaguya-sama anime is, but it's exceptionally, abundantly clear in Kaguya-sama, especially in the second season, that this is indeed the case. Oh yeah, you definitely get a nice this guy watches everything feel from it. I am also definitely not going to um I'm definitely not going to sell their editor short. Um he's a fucking genius. She's a fucking whoever the fuck they are, they're a fucking genius. I um they're the, the one that one of the points that I wanted to raise about this um about this show is how fantastic it is as an adaptation because you've got all this kind of surreal and visual and dialogue humor present in the uh, comic and then you take that and you animate it and now you have it's perfect timing um as well just making everything just a little bit funnier i think the uh, one exemplar chapter slash segment that i want to uh use is the um is the underwear one because it's just it's it's side splitting either way but they're different and it um like enough things are changed very uh in a very interesting way in the adaptation that it's a fun thing to sort of watch side by side um oh yeah that was the episode that reminded me of the words for uh strict and gross <laughs> uh, so you know all the- good for your uh fucking vocab there <laughs> um and it, it, what's really interesting and almost kind of miraculous, right, is that a lot of the jokes in the manga only work in a manga, and then the show takes these jokes and then makes them only work in an anime. And I don't know how the fuck they do it. I'm jealous of it sometimes. It's a nice contrast or maybe companion to our core insight on, uh, what did you call them, taxidermy adaptations? Whatever, the fucking, oh, yeah, certainly. The fucking anime to live action things that have been churned out as of your... Oh, yeah, where, like, no fucking soul still exists in it by the time you're done sort of making it. It's an interesting point, yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of good consciousness of medium in this. Like, how do we make the music work for this? Uh, the music, uh, how they use movement in this, uh, because, you know, uh, yes, that is... the Chica walk cycles. The Chica walk cycles, there's, um, they, they use their limited animation, um, in a way I have not seen... I want to say since uh, Kill a Kill, uh, just whenever <laughs> whenever they have to animate something slightly minimally, they will turn it into a gag. Sometimes just having the characters sort of float from one side of the screen to the other uh, in a humorous way uh, across like a abstract background. Okay, I'm just going to do the work for a second. Okay. To the one listener of Weeaboo Hell, not familiar with the concept of Kaguya-sama, <laughs> okay, who, yeah. according to my record's name, is Kevin Rollins of Tampa. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Denard Dale. This is Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. <laughs> Kaguya-sama is that show that you fell asleep while your friends were talking about it last week. <laughs> 
it's a high school romantic comedy that is good enough that we are talking about a high school romantic comedy. And the general core gag is taking a sort of death note level of plotting and personal dramatics to the micro scale of just interpersonal high school relationship nonsense. You caught up, Kevin? You good? High five, Kevin. All right. We're good. You're my favorite uh, viewer. You know why? <laughs> because you put yourself out there. Thank you, Kevin. Speaking to the to the Death Note thing, I uh, I don't know why, but I feel like if you are a mangaka, right? You're you're looking for like your big fucking hit. I feel like the easiest money you're ever going to make as a mangaka is like Death Note, but with morons. It's so fu- It's such a fucking winning combo, and every time I've seen it, it's just fucking killed. It is Between true. That is prison school magic. This thing's magic. The only asterisk I'd put on that is that that is the light side path to easy money. Maybe I think there is a very open dark side door of I don't know an isekai where you turn into a fucking idol. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I'm I'm sure it exists. So uh, there's no way it doesn't exist. I'm gonna have to look this up. Catch me next episode, and I will tell you the name of this anime because there's no fucking way it does not exist. It has to be out there. I think you're right. Let's call your suggestion there the path to glory. It's Yoda's address on someone's Palm Pilot. Palm Pilot? <laughs> what the fuck is it? 2003? Whatever. It's interesting because it definitely takes a sort of bag of tricks and tone that is very unique to a type of, of action anime up to a point, And then it just thrives in this comedic context. And I guess the juxtaposition of, of stakes is just the real thing. There, there's a certain sort of thing to it, um, which is when you're making a show, right? That's you know, like Death Note, but with morons, <laughs> and the stakes are not half as high as they seem to the characters in the show, right? The only place you could plausibly have this be set is in high school, because that's the time in your life when stakes such as these seem as dire as the ones such as in Death Note. Oh, yeah, um, it's when and- everything matters, all caps, bold text, underlined, projected on your wall. And that's sort of bringing me to this to this one thing, which is in the last, I want to say, like, six or seven years, uh, not just in, uh, in anime and manga, but in other stuff, there's just been a whole rash of shows and such that, um, though very stylized, of course, um, they seem to have a very deep understanding of the teenage mind. I am disturbed that it took that long to reach it when all of this bullshit is about high school all the time. Well, here's what I suspect. Um, I suspect it's because all of these creators, you know, who have, you know, been coming out with stuff within the last six, seven or eight years. uh, They're all members of our generation and we all had similar experiences. Um, And it's sort of funny, like thinking of, um, I don't know, like Kaguya-sama sort of getting how teenagers fucking overthink everything. Um, or let's say, uh, in the West, just, uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, sort of understanding kind of, um, kind of understanding how, like, teenagers interact these days and sort of the, uh, their, their kind of priorities there. Well, I'm with you on your slant on those works. The thing about that idea is that every wave has people that came up together and went through, like, their own version of the fucking high school experience. So it doesn't necessarily key into why the hit rate on this material is only really getting better at this point. At least in a specific weebish context. Well, I mean, it makes sense 
that the hit rate's getting better for us. Unless I'm misunderstanding you. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like it's it's just keyed into our palette in ten years. It'll all seem like pure bullshit again. Oh, it could very well be. Like I remember. Here's the thing, you know, like it, as early as a couple of years ago, when they just like have fucking the Powerpuff Girls fucking twerking and dabbing all over the screen. <laughs> Maybe thirteen-year-olds think that's fucking hilarious. I don't know. I don't think I'll understand if I tried. Um, but I just remember everyone of my generation, right, who grew up with that show, you know, and all the various other, you know, Gendy McCracken shows, just looking at that, like, the fucking gif of, um... You know what Dan Harmon said about season four and his family and the beach? What did did he say? So Dan Harmon, not Denardale... This isn't Denardale saying it. Cancel Dan Harmon and not me compared season four of Community, which is made without his involvement or consent, to watching his family get raped on the beach. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, so why the beach? He chose the beach because it's evocative. I don't know. Maybe he's like Anakin Skywalker. He hates sand. It gets everywhere. Especially on, evidently, his family. I, um, I was just remembering this this big collective generational sort of like <clears throat> that we all sort of did when that show premiered. Oh, the flame wars were piquant. As someone who enjoys spectating a good flame war, it really kept me warm in a dark era. <laughs> like, like, as I just wondered what the future of American democracy was, I could at least enjoy people calling each other traitors or children over the Powerpuff Girls TV show. <laughs> what a magical bag of dicks those clips were. Good, I. The only thing I can say for it, it almost seemed is, like it was just scientifically designed to make me mad. So I decided to just not have a reaction to it and save myself the heart attack. It's a funny thing too because the original was a wild, you know, just trying at something that they hadn't really gone for, and they made it. Real generic. I want to see a bad Kaguya-sama adaptation in like 10 years. Or, fuck it, give me one of those CW shows, but they call it Kaguya-sama, and I just watch the sort of blood leak from the corner of my eyes. I tend to be a little bit more forgiving of CW trash than most, uh, because I do think that it is good kind of soap opery nonsense sometimes. Uh, For instance, I feel as though I have to hate Riverdale, but also the Twin Peaks for Idiots thing, I, I, I do kind of enjoy that, even if they fucking erased uh, Jughead's asexuality. Unfortunately, I can't speak for Riverdale because I couldn't make it through the episode without uh, going to Night Night Town, a wonderful place full of sheeps jumping over a gate. <laughs> my fucking brains were melting out of my ears. It was one of the dumbest things I'd ever fucking seen. Well, they definitely need to pick a more exciting director because I could feel myself slipping into my Casper mattress. I don't have a Casper mattress and no free ads. In fact, fuck it. Until they pay me, Casper sucks. (laughs) Fuck Casper. All my homies hate Casper. (laughs) Lynda.com is a place where you learn to forget skills. (laughs) 
I used to know how to use Photoshop, and then I went on Linda for seven minutes. And now MS Paint gives me fucking trouble. <laughs> I don't brush my teeth anymore because I heard a quip advertisement. Damn straight. <laughs> and if you think my ass is touching an audiobook in 2020. I don't want one bottle of wine, and I don't want your six bottles of wine. Fuck off. Oh, wait, I literally just... I literally said the two or three episodes ago that I'd actually... <laughs> God damn it. Now you all know how much of a fucking fraud I am. Yeah, jigs up. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Um, The thing is anime. Right, anime, anime. Right, anime, that thing that this is... Um, okay, so this I, character, you're going to remember his name better than I do because you and proper nouns and not having some degree of Asperger's or whatever the fuck is uh, a bit stronger. But I am a... I mean, I do, but not... You know, I'm not. I'm not on that part of the spectrum. Just the other part. You know, degrees. One of the other parts. Types, fire, water, etc. I love the recurring gag with. I I call him girlfriend guy. Oh, so here's here's the fun thing is that he did not have a name until much much later. So uh, his name is Subasa. Um, fun fact. Subasa. Uh, in, okay, he has a in the manga. Him. I cannot remember if it's in the uh, anime, but in the manga, at the very least, he does not acquire a name until at least halfway through. Ah, okay. But Tsubasa, as in Reservoir Chronicle. Which, honestly, is a pretty good mnemonic, right? Right? Because he's just generic guy who has girlfriend. I just enjoy the simple gag of the simmering rage that the starving <laughs> dogs around him feel to his existence. <laughs> uh, they just glare at him and think, this man has seen live boob that he wasn't related to. That's um, yeah, and that's sort of part of how the um how the greater student uh body or like the unnamed members of the student body sort of are one collective character in a sense, that sort of just are high school student except a thousand of them, and that sounds obvious, but they just sort of they seem to be two tribes. Maybe there is the gossip mill. There's the gossip tribe, and then there's the simmering resentment one. They're just wandering barbarian horde of bullies in the comic as far as i could tell yeah it seems as though i feel like uh, most of them show up in the middle school flashback so maybe they like grew up to be the gossip tribe and the simmering resentment tribe oh there's a whole game of thrones lineage there was a little war between them bullious rex died on his throne (laughs) they transition over the course of several centuries into uh, the western Simmering resentment and the uh, the Eastern gossip tribe. <laughs> uh, the oh man, the Eastern gossip tribe gets really overlooked in American classrooms. Go on. <laughs> what I wanted to say, um, character wise, right, is uh, I've got a fucking hot take. I got a, like a really fun hot take, and I think I shared it with you earlier. And I was talking with Morgan about it, uh, and I think I think it can it's a defensible one. Chika Fujiwara, if you look at it and her character and just what she does and her purpose in the story, is the main antagonist of this show. Um, and as such, is one of the most entertaining anime bad guys of recent years. Chika like, Fujiwara is, at the very least, an agent of Zinch, the Lord of Change. <laughs> she walks among humans. People who just don't have their shit together talk about how they radiate chaotic energy 
No, you fucking don't. I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper here, but no, you fucking don't. Chika Fujiwara does not just radiate, but is chaotic energy. <laughs> I remember when Ultimate X-Men was readable before the end. Mm. There was this one mutant who would walk from city to city, and no matter what he did, everyone around him just started dying. Oh, was that Zorn? Shorn? It might have been no. an adaptation of the concept. I'm not sure, but... okay. The point is, they had to send like Wolverine to put him down, and they had a whole affecting little sequence before an off-panel snicked bub. <laughs> and I can't help but feel that Chika Fujiwara is the interpersonal version of that kid. Are you are you sure that Wolverine didn't fucking die from the effort? This is the Ultimate Universe. People were like fucking twigs. Wolverine's. Plot armor tr transcends the boundaries of different settings. Wait, no, it doesn't. He fucking died hard in that, right? Was he right? Torn... Ultimate Wolverine. Was he torn? I feel like was he torn in half or eaten at one point? I feel like Magneto murked him sometime before Ultimatum. Oh, it was. Ult I think maybe Ultimate Three. I don't know. I sort of painted over my memory of the late Ultimate Universe. Because oh, I'm bad. not the one who said it. I'm not the one who said it. But I'm reminded of Dan Harmon talking about his loved ones on a beach. <laughs> what said me? No, no. Fucking anime. Anime. We're talking about anime. <laughs> Fuck me. Right, but yeah. Chika right. Fujiwara Chika as Fujiwara. the main villain of Kaguya The main villain of this, of this show. Um, at least for the first, I want to say, 70% of it. Um that's a fun angle which... until manga spoilers incoming. Jump ahead two minutes into the glorious future after this comment if you are scared by that idea. It's probably going to be more than two minutes. Oh, whatever the fuck. All of Kaguya's older siblings are the fucking corporate Yakuza. I wonder if they're going to end up being overarching antagonists for this whole thing or if they were just there for that you know brief Hayasaka arc that we got. I hope they don't take the thing over. Because, I don't know, while that segment isn't bad, I sometimes feel like that wavelength of the comic is one of its weaker modes. Oh, just Kaguya family drama? In essence, yeah. Um, I see it rearing its ugly head in one other arc, which is going to be, you know, the arc when... Probably one of the last arcs when, you know, like, she and, uh, she and Miyuki are set to leave for England. Um, but... As for right now, you know, when you have a show that centers upon one couple, right? And once they're together, right, you need to find something fucking else to do. Kaguya-sama Z. So what they did was the uh, solution that a few things have done where they keep the premise, but just have it be a different couple. Or in this case, three people and ooh, will it be? I was curious whether they would be stuck in eternal... Archie comics like Void. I knew that they wouldn't be. I know that this guy was no coward. It is nice that he's no coward and I guess just bookish high school boys with star tattoos on their shoulder will be a lineage in this comic. <laughs> Ultimately, I did very much enjoy sort of how they resolved the, you know, basically the main arc of the entire comic. Um, before you know, sort of starting the new one with uh, with our with real sad boy hours. Yeah, I think pacing it out that way 
I'm trying to think if there was anything that I would have done differently because I think there were one or two things where I was like, "Mm." no, I did like it. I liked it a lot. And um, what I liked the most about it was that it had a kind of interesting conversation about what one can, should, and does uh, bring to a relationship with, you know, um, the two of them having very conflicting philosophies. uh, Whereas, you know, Kaguya herself um, believes in bringing one's truest self to a relationship, whereas uh, uh, Shiragane believes in bringing one's best self to a relationship. And then they sort of um, have this sort of debate slash internal struggles about that. And I think ultimately um, the comic kind of takes Kaguya's sign in, in this one. So that's a conflict within the bit that... I enjoy a lot of the Road 2 stuff, if I were to sort of lay my bare hand on the table, mm-hmm. I guess that the reason that prison school still holds its iron trophy over my head, as far as the anime high school comedy-ish goes, is that I sometimes feel like the pure drama beats of Kaguya don't echo as strongly for me, maybe. Hmm. I feel like that mode is maybe just not as deftly handled. I don't know. I don't... I almost feel like we're taking away points from Kaguya for having it not be prison school or just the the weird way in which prison school uh, plays out. And while, yes, we will never, ever again get eternity in a drop of piss, one of Art. the funniest things that I've ever seen in anything ever, and I I know how hyperbolic that sounds. It's It's not hyperbole. I almost died. All right, that's fair. You know what? Take your prison school out of the equation. Except, I don't know, somewhere in my subconscious, presumably. I, I can never take it fully out of the equation, but yeah, go on. I think when I think of uh, Spoiler Town, Spoiler Town, Spoiler Town, are we basically talking about the comic now? Whatever. We're talking about both. When it comes maybe to, you know, scenes like the big, weighty, coming out confession, what have you, on the rooftop in costume and all that. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's my own fault. Like, all that good shit I was talking about in the fucking uh, dating sim episode. I'm watching this scene unfold. It's definitely presented to me as, like, this should be, like, one of the climaxes of my emotional reaction to this comic. And I guess I'm not there. And one well, thing it might be, and I could be wrong, but sometimes I feel like when it comes to its more serious sequences, there's maybe a little bit of tropiness that slips in. Here's going to be my defense of that scene, is that in-universe... That scene was actually acknowledged as sort of overblown and overly dramatic and kind of done up and theatrical, much in the way you know that those two can be. And it was just not an honest scene. And then it's the scene later on the bench because remember they do not actually get together immediately. Like they sort of fucking play around. Like they they have their fucking doubt party for the next five chapters afterwards. Until they have that scene during winter break where they just meet on the bench and it's just this very quiet, you know, unassuming little scene that is not too particularly theatrical or dramatic. And that was what fulfilled the emotional beats for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, see where you're coming from. I sort of saw that as the uh, as the comic kind of uh, coming to a decision a little bit about, you know, whether you bring your best self, you know, Miyuki's version of this whole thing, or your truest self, you know, Kaguya's version of this whole thing. And that's sort of where Miyuki sort of um, kind of steps over to, you know, to meet Kaguya there is, you know, to say, 
yeah, no, okay, I I will be me, the truest version of me for you. Uh, and then they just have, like, that little scene on the bench. I totally get that that's what's, like, happening with the characters. Like, that's not beyond my short monkey-like hand. Wait, monkeys have long hands. Whatever. I guess my feeling is sometimes in these dramatic sequences, like, even things like dialogue selection doesn't necessarily always have the crispness that I otherwise associate with the bulk of Kaguya. Okay. And you and I have watched a lot of stuff together, so I actually have a handy reference for my sort of experience. Which is one show we watch a few episodes of together, and the first person to make some fucking JD or Turk joke fucking dies. We seen a bit of Scrubs together. Okay, yeah. And sometimes when it came to the dramatic apotheosis of last Scrubs episode, you could almost see just this drift of Denard's right hand to the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I think that a lot of... Uh, the eternal curse of endeavor. Maybe not a curse, and some maybe this isn't even a universal rule. But there's an interesting thing that happens sometimes in drama comedies or comedy dramas or sad shows of jokes or jokey shows of sad shit. Where just one half of the equation will just be a little more deftly handled than the other. Yeah, I would definitely say that um searching for name, searching for name, Asa Asakusa, I think is his name. I, I think he is better with comedy than he is with drama, certainly. Yeah. I think he did manage to build a very good emotional core for this show, but yes, his his comedic beats definitely hit harder. And do you know what I think it is? I think it is the opposite of fucking BoJack Horseman, which I'm going to tilt my hand a little here, send me your fucking hate mail, whatever. Also, yes, another non-anime thing, but to me, BoJack Horseman, that show's jokes, a lot of time I just go, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> but the drama half of that one works very well so I don't know just in- I guess it's just an interesting I'm trying to think of something that has these mixed engagement shows I'm trying to think of of a show that I have watched that did one for me but just did not do the other um get back to me on that I think Glow was a lot like that for me too I don't think I actually ever got past the first season of Glow I kind of wanted to um but that's Sort of how I am with a lot of shows sometimes. Yeah, maybe we can make it on the list once we get past the you know nine hours of anime we watch a week. <sighs> someday, someday I'll watch a 3D thing. Such is life in the zone. I feel like I should hedge myself here. I really, really like the whole Kaguya thing. I just think that I don't know, these podcasts are more interesting when you discuss the whole picture. What I think got interesting was this show's kind of fascination with young, and. <laughs> Sort of just this funny thing that has happened to Young where, like, his methods and theories are somewhat outdated, but they make for really fun shows. It is fascinating to see, like, someone's scientific construction become the equivalent of tarot decks and action shows. <laughs> just uh, the, no, a precisely. framework for typing things and moving plot songs. Kind of, it, it is very amusing. And then you end up with the fucking... Oh, Kaguya this is a very console. rare Kaguya. This is an <laughs> S plus rare Kaguya. <laughs> oh man, as a hat, you can feed it a carrot. <laughs> a fucking carrot. I incredible. <laughs> it was great. It would have been probably probably it's in my top five favorite chapters. The underwear chapter and the Shoho chapter are probably like the two best ones out of any of them. <laughs> Um, so I know your favorite episode might have been the underwear thing or maybe one of your favorite adaptations. 
But that entire shoujo convergence sequence for me... The shoujo convergence is masterful. I was grinning from ear to ear. Well, that's the thing. They take place in the same episode, right? So it's just the best episode of the series. The season two, episode seven is the one that I'm talking about. Um, if, yeah. If I, if any of you got Crunchyroll open and want to just take take a goddamn look, it's side splitting, fucking start to finish. All of the various like limited animation gags that I was talking about are there, and they rule. You know, whenever they pull out the stops in the animation, it's there and it rules. The and fucking... it just encapsulates the series' whole game of virgin chicken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I was doing um, to sort of diagnose what went right, I guess, um, if that makes sense, is I was watching that segment with the chapter open in the manga, and I was looking at the things that worked better in the anime... Uh, versus the things that still worked better in the manga. I think I could find one thing that still worked better in the manga, which is, um, so there, there's that great little scene, right? Uh, let me set the scene for y'all who are listening. Fog rolls in. Intro. The detective's office. For whatever stupid, stupid reason, Kaguya is trying to figure out what type of boxers, not boxers, just undergarments in general, um, Shiragani wears. <laughs> And decides after some deliberation that she's just going to fucking straight up blindside him and ask him just, as I said, straight up. And just kind of go for the shock and awe tactic. And she does. And because he's thinking about something else, he answers her question, you know, like it's just any other question. And then there's this moment where he realizes what she has just asked him and what he has just answered. Right? And in, and in the anime, it's this, you know, very well animated and like intentionally over animated reaction shot right Mm -hmm. um however i do actually think that this gag works a little bit better in the manga because in the manga what happens is um you have to turn the page you have to turn the page and then you get his horrified overblown overdrawn reaction for a second yeah no exactly like junji ito you know his jump scares right are just you know like the horrifying thing that happens when you turn the page well the horrifying thing that happened that when you turn this page was you got to see shiragane sort of do a double take and figure out what the fuck he was just asked what the hell her game is it's really wonderful it's Within this whole thing's game of fucking spy versus spy is the equivalent of, I don't know, L log of the Kira, sub Kira, how's Kiraing? You know, sweet. Oh, you know, it's. <laughs> this screams into his arm. Yeah. Um, although there, there was this one thing that they did do in the anime, um, there was a very actual deft little adaptation of the manga. Is that in the in the manga, right? Just a picture of his preferred, you know, pantsu of choice, just sort of appear, you know, like up, you know, above their heads or whatever, just as though you know they're just being referred to. And in the anime, th- there's this genius fucking stroke that they do, where he just finds himself unconsciously drawing that pair of underwear just in his notebook as he is writing. Great. Um, and then goes to cover it up before she sees it. Oh man, the subconscious is a fucking traitor. This show is adapted in a way that is so amazingly brilliant that I am jealous of it all the goddamn time. Well, around the subject of gags, by the way, I just wrote down that this is a crossover between Archie Comics and Spy vs. Spy. That is apt, yes. It's fun time. I feel like the, the, like the participants in this are slightly smarter than those of Archie Comics and Spy vs. Spy, 
But um, otherwise, yes. Yeah, and, and, and just the core sentiment. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the fucking student council in this thing. Yeah. Our principal figure in the uh, romantic student council, uh, Kevin. Kevin Rollins of Tampa. If American student councils had this much power, it would be Ice Town every time. <laughs> I was about to say we wouldn't need resource officers, but, um, you know, that's none of my business. But then again, no, you, no, no American child should have that much power. Yeah, you know, you'd have the basketball team sitting down and they'd be telling them the touring schedule for this semester's games and... All right, so uh, first we're going to a Tequila High, then we're going to a Mortal Kombat High. <laughs> then we're going to Vegas. Then Vegas, Vegas. and then um, the school just changed its name to a drawing of a juggalo doing a whippet. So here's the thing. You say whippet and then inhaling whipped cream gas. Yes, um, I say whippet, though. And I'm just thinking about those, those like kind of half-sized greyhounds. I saw a couple when I was on a walk today. They're very long. Oh man, you like have dogs. a dog-based disease. <laughs> we met a we met a mini bull terrier today. Her name was Wiggles. She was very fuzzy. I feel this heart of ice. <laughs> it beats, yet it does not move. I'm just thinking about you just sitting on the surface of Mars with an old photograph. <laughs> <laughs> And you're blue. <laughs> On an atomic level, there is no difference between a living bully and a dead bully. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, besides that, uh, one, one thing that I want to sort of um, talk about uh, is a structural sort of thing with, uh, with this show is that it reminds me somewhat of... Uh, one of my favorite shows from when I was in high school slash early college. Actually, I think squarely high school, right? Uh, was Phineas and Ferb, right? Ah, uh, uh, the... yes, the uh, eternal iteration machine. Exactly, and you know how you know at first, right? You know the uh, it's just funny, right? It's just you know well constructed, you know well constructed, slightly episodic comedy, and then after you start watching it, right, and after you've been watching it for a while, you realize. Mm-hmm. That there's more continuity than you thought there was, and it's a show that just gets better the more you watch of it. And um, I think Kaguya-sama ended up uh, being that way very much, um, possibly with more planning going into it too. I do appreciate when a show manages to naturally reward being a crazy person fan of it. Yes, it, it always makes me feel special and not insane. And I think Kaguya is quite giving on that front. It's actually really interesting how this show kind of transitioned from uh, completely serialized to arc-based, and you kind of don't even notice it. I mean, obviously, yeah, they will have the multi-episode. You're like, okay, so we're doing the sports festival now, or we're doing the cultural episode now, right? Yeah, it got a little bit more obvious as it went on, but, you know, as the main relationship arc actually kind of picked up momentum... Um, you kind of notice this thing just being like little one-off, 
bits of, you know, like one of them losing or winning to, you know, one-off bits where I know one loses or one wins, but things have definitely changed by the time this dumb little segment ends. Yeah, they do a good job of boiling the frog. Wait, explain that idiom. That idiom? Explain boiling the frog? Boiling? I've never fucking heard that in my life. I might be getting the animal wrong. It's not bunny boiler, because that's a whole different thing. But the idiom goes, you can kill a frog slowly and without resistance, and it won't notice if you turn the temperature in the pan up slowly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it occurs to me now... Why would you do that? Why would you be killing that poor frog? That that expression <laughs> might be on level with, like, rule of thumb in terms of fucked upness. A psychopath came up with that. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a, that one is pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm thinking about the things I say now, and uh, I would like to apologize to uh, Kevin Rollins Sr., the father that he uh, bonds over this podcast with, who is a card-carrying member of PETA, and I do believe in the dignity of animals. Not as much as you. You can't just fucking drop it in boiling water and shut the lid. It'll be done in seconds. It's fine. Dude, even just dropping it in boiling water feels lazy. Fucking man up and get that dry snap in there. <laughs> if you want frog legs so fucking badly, put some fucking elbow grease in there. <laughs> I'm now reminded of every little sight gag or piece of physical comedy I've ever encountered that involved just someone killing an animal so that they could eat it. And it... Yep. I remember it fucking shows up in the first fucking episode of um of Silver Spoon. Just, you know, he catches a runaway chicken and the thankful upperclassman who is chasing that chicken was like, oh, you want this chicken? And he's like, ah, and then the guy just nonchalantly fucking lops its head off. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me, but gags like that are funny to me. It has a almost otherworldly appeal as a uh, city slicker. But yeah, my point was that it makes that transition well. Yes. When it could have been somewhat jarring. It could have been jarring, but no, yeah, like they they um and it aspired for more than just doing the pure gag thing that I probably would have tolerated and loved, but it aspired for more and I think it's a better whole picture because of that. What's fucking sneaky is the, is the thing. Um because that that's uh, that is the strength of having the gags be based in the characters. Uh, right, a whole lot of stuff um, just has the characters be gags, kind of in and of themselves. But what they did was like he built these characters, right, and then he has the gags just come from who they are as people, right? Mm-hmm. Just or rather, more to the point, who they are as teenagers, uh, because if they were adults, we probably would not have all this be happening right now. They'd probably just be far more honest with themselves about who they were and what they wanted. Uh, but that's kind of the fun of um, of teenagers that we could we can laugh at their pain. By the way, uh, if you are watching this and find yourself mocked by your peers for watching a comedic high school drama, here's a literary reference you can use to defend your degenerate weeaboo self. Ready? Well, you'll find that Kaguya-sama is a modern execution of the rape of the lock, and Alexander Pope satirical poem in which he elevates small conflicts amidst the upper class to a heroic epic saga. 
This elevation of tone and mode creates a dissonance that commentates on both daily life, heroic forms, and our own struggles with romance. Bang! You owe me 50 fucking bucks. <laughs> I'm fucking great. Yeah. It's like an hour's pay for a tutor, right? Damn straight it is. Anyway, this is Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. Have a good one, people. Fuck 12. Fuck 12. I almost made it! I almost fucking made it! Cool. And it is on the correct microphone this time, so I don't have to exist. Oh, that's in a, a good thing. Forest of hatred. Oh yeah, that must have been a really fun little four a.m. for you. <laughs> I never thought that the fucking animation gag of someone's fingers digging into their palm until they nearly produce blood would happen to me in real life. And yet, there I sat. And there you sat. <laughs> Just. It, I, um, it was a uh, it was a wild time. <laughs> for some reason, it's not really an analogous situation, but for some reason, I'm reminded of like that one great little fucking, I guess not sight gag, but just bit of physical humor from the first Guardians movie with Rocket just being like, "What do you still have it for?" <laughs> just dragging his fucking nails down his face. <laughs> Rocket's animation x motion capture is. It's fucking masterful. It's a great time. Oh, give me a second. I'm going to turn my mic down a tick, actually, because it looks like I have some pretty high bars here, and sometimes I get louder than this. Like, sometimes I get like this, and yeah, that bricks a little. Okay, hold on. Okay. I believe that is, in fact, a fucking product of me trying to get my lines up during the episode where it didn't fucking work. <laughs> Were you being Yahtzee just now? <laughs> kinda. Um, kinda. I know, the guy's in my fucking subconscious. Yeah, I've watched more Yahtzee than a lot of people, I think. Um, like, if I were okay, to compare the amount of Yahtzee in my DNA to assorted, I don't know, newscasters, reporters, people that you're supposed to keep more track of than... I've been listening to him so long, I have more memories with that riff than when he was selecting the music himself. I miss that era. I miss that too. That was a really... I liked when he got to pick his own songs. That was like half the fun sometimes. You're like, ooh, what's it going to be for this one? I, I don't know if it just got big enough that it became a licensing nightmare, but there has to be some kind of fair use given the... I don't know, arguing that any given ZP thing is satire is a two-minute thing, and then your lawyer goes back to sleep. You would know more about it than I would at this point. I don't know, maybe they decided that because he, you know, was a big enough name, he needed a, you know, big enough sound behind his name. If that was the, uh, the rationale, then it was a bad one. I, like, want to believe that it was a legal thing, so it wasn't just some dumb suit with a dumb idea. One can hope, though. Given the, the people they dropped and this general fuckery era that website went through, I would not be surprised if it was just a straight overproduction case. Could very well be. Just, you know, maybe they brought on a new guy who decided to start throwing his weight around while being like, and now this zero punctuation thing, this is our money maker. It needs its own theme song. Um, I don't know if that's a good idea, maybe. 